Good morning. This morning, I, I want to talk about the book of Revelation. I uh, want to give you a book that you can pick up in your local bookstore, or you can pick it up at Amazon.com. It's entitled Revelation, the End Time. The ISBN number on that book is 9781 seven two four five one two eight two six that's nine seven eight one seven two four five one two eight two six I want to talk about revelation in light of what's happening in our world today but also everybody has believed that we're living in the Revelation days and in the end time. We as Christians have to be careful that we don't let our fear override our faith. Fear dispels faith. There's nothing that's happening in the world now that we were not made aware of nor is there anything happening in the world now that has not happened before. Maybe not to the severity that is happening now, but these things have happened before. Even the overturning and, and people talking about Roe v. Wade, I mean, if we go back biblically from the beginning of time, we've always had uh, genocide. We, we've had... Uh, Pharaoh killed the firstborn. God killed the firstborn. Uh, there was always a time that the male was in trouble. And right now, we live in a time where there's a destruction of the male, both mentally, physically, and spiritually. With this destruction of the male, there's no male leadership in the household, in the church. And now it's, it's going to affect how we live. It's going to affect our lifestyle. But we as Christians must be very, very careful that we don't get caught up in fear. Because fear will negate our faith, which would in turn negate the blessings that God has for us. Now, <clears throat> Revelation is a book of prophecy. It's simply a prophecy that involves a warning of future judgment for both saints and for the sinners. But the key to Revelation is the confirmation of the blessings that God has for the saints and those who are faithful. We knew the book of Revelation was coming. It, it wasn't a secret. Uh, Jesus, in speaking with the apostles, the uh, main question was, when will all these things happen? Uh, when will you be coming back? And Jesus specifically told the apostles, look, 
I don't know when I'm coming back. In fact, the angels in heaven do not know when I'm coming back. That is something that has been reserved for the Father himself. But as soon as he tell me, as soon as I get that information, then I will take that information and give it to you so that you might start making preparations for my return. The primary purpose of Revelation is to expose the failures and the successes of all the churches. Not just the seven churches in Asia, Asia Minor, but all the churches. There is a need for us as preachers and as saints to prepare the church for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the primary purpose of Revelation is to make preparation for the return of Jesus, but is not to make preparation for the destruction of the saints, nor is it to make preparation for the destruction of the world. Now, I'm not saying these things won't happen, but the Bible prepares us for victory. It prepares us for entrance into the kingdom of God. And God uses man to do it. Now, I know that man has a lot of problems. Uh, we're faced with a lot of circumstances. But God still uses the human being. Not only to perfect his word, but to deliver his word. He still uses the human being. So we need to be careful how we treat one another, how we speak to one another, how we speak about one another, especially during these times. We want to make sure that everybody is have high self-esteem. Everybody feel good about themselves. They feel good about the times which they're living in. Uh, we don't want a plastic generation or a plastic people. And this is basically what Revelation um uh, is about it's about preparation and finally after all the preparation it's about the victory Christians have read the end of the book and the end of the book says that we win that we're victorious let's look in the book of Revelation and, and, and we'll look at these first, first chapter we probably will get through the first chapter this morning and then we'll take subsequent chapters uh, later. But it says here in the first verse, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. The book of Revelation is simply a message a message from Jesus Christ sent by the angel to John. Now, John at the time of the giving of the book of Revelation was a prisoner, a political prisoner, out on the island of Patmos. 
And they had him out on that island of Patmos simply because John refused to not preach the gospel. Now, there's a couple of things you need to know about John's life that, and, and why he was actually chosen for the task. But John is known as the beloved disciples. In John 21, uh, 20, uh, 20 through 24, it talks about him as being the loved, the beloved disciple. He was the author of five books of the Bible, uh, namely John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. John was the youngest of all the apostles, and being the youngest of all the apostles, certainly he lived the longest of all the apostles. He witnessed the uh, transconfiguration. Uh, he prepared the Last Supper with Christ. Uh, he asked to watch as Jesus prayed. Uh, he stood at the feet of the cross uh, during the crucifixion. He adopted Jesus' mother as his own. And he was a founder, one of the founders of the earthly church. So John was not a novice. He, he was pretty rooted. And of all the 12 apostles, he was the only one that was a priest. But God chose him. And he was instructed not only to hear this revelation, but to write the message in a book. Okay? The book of Revelation pronounced a blessing in the beginning on the reader when it is read out loud and a blessing on the hearer of the word. Daniel 2 and 28, uh, Mark 13 and 7, Ephesians 3 and 5, there is a blessing to not only the reader of the word, but there is a blessing to the hearer of the word in the book of Revelation. So when we read, it's all right to read it out loud. The second verse says, Who bear record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. John, the apostle, is a witness and he records in the writing of the book of Revelation the word of Jesus Christ to mankind. John does not change a word. He writes exactly what he sees. And basically that's what we have in the book of Revelation. Uh, he doesn't write an explanation of what he sees. He simply just you know, writes exactly what he sees. Now, the book of Revelation is subject to interpretation. Interpretation by your pastor, your, um, your Bible study reader, and even interpretation by you at times. But John writes exactly what he sees. And he says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hears the word of this prophecy, and keep these things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John lets them know that there's, there's two blessings. There's a blessings on those that hear it. There's a blessings on those that 
receive it. Verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now, John is identified here by name. He's identified by name. So, um, Revelation is to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Seven is the biblical number of completion. There were other churches established, but these represented the large masses. They symbolized the present and future obedience and disobedience of God's churches. The salutation here is both Greek, grace, Hebrew, peace, and from God the Father and to the seven churches before him. Amen? Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the king of the earth, unto him that loveth us and wash us from our sins in his own blood. Here he, here he speaks of Jesus Christ, the salutation from Jesus with the description, faithful witness, meaning those that trust. It says Jesus lived on earth and was obedient to God. So we can live on earth and still be obedient to God and not be disobedient to those who are in power over us. Jesus is a personal witness of man's condition and the reason for man's salvation. First begotten of the dead means that he was resurrected to eternal life. Prince of the kings of the earth means that he is earthly supreme. He's our earthly supreme king. Christ loved the earth, man, to the extent that he died for the remission of our sins with the shedding of his blood. Jesus, because of his earthly presence and relationship with man, understood man's plight and understood man's need for salvation. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with right now, not only does Jesus understand it, he's been through it. He's had to deal with it. He was on earth with man going through some of the same things man went through. So it's not what he heard. It's what he experienced. And sometimes God is sending us through stuff because it's easy to preach about what we've heard. But it's much more profound to preach about what we have experienced. And sometimes we need the experience. But he says here, Behold, he cometh with cloud, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth 
shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Amen is a conclusion in basically in verse 6. It says the church has been redeemed by Christ and we are the children of God. His nature and his office, which is that of being a son of God, are ours because of his death, burial, and resurrection. Christ will return to earth in the same way he left the earth. He left the earth in a cloud, in a cloud <coughs> after the resurrection. He'll return in a cloud. Christ ascended, you know, to heaven. He will descend back to the earth. When Christ returns, every eye shall physically see him, including those who mocked him, those who pierced him, those who condemned him to death on the cross. For some of us, it'll be a glad tiding. For some of us, it'll be wailing and moaning. The moaning will probably be for the judgment that Christ will bring with him. For those that didn't believe, this will be a time of great discomfort, a time of great pain. And here in the ninth verse, he said, I, John, also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And basically John says here, you know, I understand your plight. I'm a brother too. He says, but I'm on this island. I'm in this prison because I remain faithful. I continue teaching and preaching the word of Christ. And there are so many things that's happening in the world today that almost forbid us from preaching and teaching the word. We have money concerns. We have family concerns. We have political concerns. We have so many concerns now until it's almost where we put the word on the back burner. And this is my concern, that we not forget throughout history, throughout the Bible, Israel forgot God. When things got good, they forgot God. My contention is that we need to be careful and not put God on the back burner. Certainly times are difficult. And we're in a political struggle. But doing it all, we must not forget our relationship with God. Nor should we forget our relationship with his son, uh, Jesus Christ. But anyway, here in verse 11, verse 19, John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. 
saying I am Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. And when thou write in a book, what thou see write in a book, and send it unto the eleven, the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. John heard a voice, and his voice was so loud, it was almost like a, a piercing, distinct, dramatic sound. 